Praise God. Amen. Wow. You guys got room for more? There's a lot going on. That was, let's try that again. You guys got room for more? Praise God. Well, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. And as you're doing that, I want to uh, just give, I would say, a note of instruction, maybe guidance, right? Uh, this might be, for some of you, the first time you've been in the church while we are doing one of these trips to Africa to do uh, evangelistic messages and ministry in those nations. And, you know, when you step onto foreign soil with the gospel to reach, especially in Muslim nations, how many know there's spiritual warfare? There's spiritual warfare because the devil wants to stop whatever the Lord wants to do. And uh, so we're, we are up against spiritual warfare for these coming days. And I want you to just be aware of that because the way it manifests in your life is it can feel personal. So you can get irritated with another believer. You can get uh, frustrated or discouraged yourself and you think it's you because that's what the enemy wants to do, doesn't he? So you need to know the battle you're in because you're part of and connected to this body and that we're fighting for souls overseas, okay? So recognize the battle and get your armor on. How many, if you didn't get properly dressed this morning, now's the time. We're going to put it on, the helmet of salvation, all the gear, because you got to fight the battle because there's souls in the balance. Come on, church. There are souls in the balance. So I encourage you and exhort you to pray and also be sensitive to this and don't let your flesh... Uh, get the best of you. Amen? But we did, we did get a report this morning, and Pastor John is there, and he's preaching. He preached in Pastor Sabo's church there in Nehemiah this morning, which was uh, eight hours ago, I think. Um, and that he, wants to at, he wants to thank you for your prayers. And so this week, in addition to our Sunday night prayer, we're going to have Monday, Tuesday, and Friday prayer at 6.30. So you're welcome to come join us here as we pray over this uh, Niger uh, ministry. And so I wanted to just exhort you in that because sometimes we don't know what we're dealing with. Amen? And so it's important to recognize the enemy's tactics. And this morning, uh, I, I'm just super encouraged. We just got back. We attended, a few of the pastors for a couple nights attended the Church Awakening Conference at Westgate Chapel. And it just feels good to be with pastors who are seeking the Lord for revival. Because God's doing something in this region, and it was just super encouraging to see people reaching for God to, and His Spirit to be poured out. How many know God has a plan for the Pacific Northwest? And we just want to be part of what He's doing. It's not a Christ the Rock thing. It's a big church. It's the big C church thing that He wants to do in this area. And it's bigger than us, and so we just want to be together. I believe where there's unity of the brethren, God put commands a blessing. It says in Psalm 133. And man, the presence of the Lord was really powerful. There was just a great uh, spirit and faith for seeing that happen in this region. So I want to encourage you in, in that as well. Keep praying. Keep believing. As Pastor Judy exhorted, keep just, just uh, surrendering and submitting to God. And as you do, he's pouring out. And, and there's going to be breakthrough in this coming time. So amen. Well, uh, Ben made me aware of something. I was looking back at the messages for this year. And he says, do you realize all of your messages have been titled with single words, present participles? <laughs> yeah, so for you grammar people, that's, uh, it's a verb that forms, that indicates an ongoing action or state. 
See, there was a, I didn't really intentionally do that. It just happened. <laughs> Increasing, enlarging, producing, responding, and receiving. That was the five messages. But they're ongoing actions. I mean, you know, the Christian life is about ongoing, right? It's not stationary. It's not static. It's not stagnant. Come on. But it's ongoing in faith. And um, there's always more that the Lord wants us to get hold of. All right? So I almost titled this message running, but I didn't. All right, so, but we do, do need to run the race that God has set before us. Run the race that God has set before us. And so uh, we are going from faith to faith. It says in Romans 117, Paul, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Amen. And so we are moving forward in the Lord, and just as that word was coming forth, some of you have been feeling stuck. I feel like this morning God wants to get you out of stuck and get you moving forward in the race that he has set before us, all right? So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for all you're doing, Holy Spirit, this morning. Lord, you are so good, and you're welcome in this place. Lord, we open our hearts to you, Jesus. Let your word just come alive, Lord. Speak that rhema word to our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, you know what we need, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for encouragement. I thank you for strength this morning that your word brings. God, I thank you, Lord, that you give us the strength to get up and run and to follow after your path, Lord, that you've set before us this morning. We give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Um, And one more note. Sorry, there's so much going on this morning. I just want to acknowledge uh, our precious brother and sister, Pastor Wonga and Ladua, who learned yesterday of the loss of their oldest daughter in Fiji. And so the Bible says we weep with those who weep. And so this morning we feel that, and we just want to say we love you so much. We can't even imagine what you're facing, and that we are here to surround you with God's love. And um, we're praying the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the strength for your whole family. Amen. 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 Well, I, I've, I've recently uh, felt a burden for the church and God's people for encouragement. I mean, no, we need a lot of encouragement. We can't get enough of it. And um, the other, a couple weeks ago, I was just sitting on a Thursday morning. It was one of those mornings where I just felt like, man, I just felt overwhelmed by just the weight of things in life and ministry and what, what, was, what was weighing down on me. And I, and, I, and I was praying through. And then the next morning, I woke up and I started praying. And I realized this passage out of Daniel, which says that one of the enemy's strategies in the end times will be to wear down the saints. To wear them down. So that you don't have strength to finish. And so I realized, oh, if it's the enemy, we've been given authority. I can take authority over this spirit of weariness that's coming against me. And as soon as I did, and I began to praise God, the whole thing flipped. Strength and encouragement came. But I realized how many people deal with this, right, where the enemy's coming and just break you down and, 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 and make you stop and give up. But I'm here to encourage you this morning not to give up. Let's read uh, this together this morning. I know we're in times of uncertainty. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's all these challenges. We're in a nation that's in peril. But I believe God wants to encourage us to stand strong in these times and to run the race. 
And God does not want you to lose your joy. Somebody turn to your neighbor and just say, for the joy. Therefore, I'm going to read out Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, every encumbrance, and, and the sin, says, and the sin that so easily entangles us. And then he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, for the joy, set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on. And then it goes on to say, For consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's the key. Let us run with endurance the race. And I, and I, I want you to get this picture in your head this morning of, of what Paul is trying to present. Or, I'm sorry, the apostles trying to present. We don't know who. I have we opinions, but who wrote Hebrews. So how would, you, how would these readers of the epistle understood this concept of the race, Right? So in, 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 there was the Panhellenic Games of ancient Greece, and they, they had a race called the Delikos, meaning a long race, and it was about 24 laps or about 4,800 meters. And this came into the Greek Olympiad in like 720 B.C., and these races were held in large arenas, so get the picture, and they were up in the stands, all these, some, many of whom had competed in the race and won themselves. Following this picture? And they're looking down, and here they were, the, the, the racers were in the arena, and they were about to race this long race. And so he gives this picture of us being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I want you to see yourself this morning, because we need to get a heavenly picture and live out the earthly reality of it. But... There is a cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on. A cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on for this race. And so he gives this picture, and it would have been clear to the readers, but I, I want to say this, that the Christian life is not a sprint. I've said it many times, it bears repeating, but it is a marathon. We got to keep going and keep running, and even sometimes when we feel faint of heart, we got to press in and, and, and look at him, fix our eyes on him. And he calls it the race that is set before us. How many know that God has set a course for your life? God has set a course for your life. And that course is for his glory, for his praise, for his honor. And that course is specific. God knows how you're made. He's, he formed you in your mother's womb. And he's got a course that is specific to your life. Many times we can get stuck, and I did, on the treadmill of meaningless life. Where we're just, we're, we're running, but we're not going anywhere. If anybody felt like that before. And what, it's when you discover God's purpose and when you get into his, and, and, and determined to get on his course, that things begin to change. You know, there's a lot of metaphors for the Christian life. There are the metaphors that Paul used of warfare and battles and farming and walking. 
right? And vine and branches and building and foundations, there's many of them, but this one in particular, a race, implies that there is a amount of exertion involved. There's effort involved. Now, I'm not saying it's all self-effort, but you got to cooperate. How many know the Holy Spirit works with you? He doesn't do it for you. But the Holy Spirit, when we determine to go set our life on his course, the Holy Spirit and his power comes and empowers us to run. Well, Pastor Carolyn was in Gen Rock a couple weeks ago, and she compared the power of the Holy Spirit to like an energy drink that you need to run. If you've ever run a race, you know that you got to get some electrolytes in you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to run this thing. Amen? Amen. But Paul put it this way. He said in uh, Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, he said, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting. Somebody say forgetting. What lies behind and reaching forward. And this picture of reaching forward is like the runner who is about to cross the finish line and wants to make sure they get their best time. Reaching forward to what lies ahead. And I hope you know that what lies ahead is good. God's got a great purpose for your life. He's got a hope and a future for your life. There's something great that God has in store for you that you need to reach forward for, but it requires that you reach. And he says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I hope we're willing to press because that means there's resistance to what, what God wants to accomplish in your life. You've got to press through. Somebody here this morning needs some encouragement. Maybe you're watching online. Somebody needs to get back in the race. Somebody needs to get back in the race. There's a prize to be won. There's a crown of eternal glory that God has for those who finish the race. Get hold of it this morning. So I want to give you a few things this morning on how to run this race well. And the first was this, is this. Learn from those who have run. Learn from those who have run. I thank God for people in my life who have, run, who have been running far ahead of me and, can, and were able to help me. Come on. Anybody has some people in your life that ran, that you could follow, and that they, just as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, in 2012, like fall of 2012, we were hanging out with my wife's sister and her, uh, my brother-in-law, and he had just run a half marathon. And he was, he was trying to encourage me to do this thing. And... I was like, wow, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. But eventually he talked me into it, and, and, and we decided to do this race that would be in March the following year. And I said, well, you need to help me understand. What did you do to plan for this thing? How did you get ready for it? And he had this whole training plan that he provided. And I said, well, it worked for you, so I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm just going to follow this thing. But how many know I had to rearrange my entire life to get ready for this race? I had to rearrange the whole, my whole life to get ready for this race. And I, I trained over the course of a few months and, um, and began to get ready in, in anticipation. But we've all had in our lives somebody who's been an example, who've gone, who's gone in the race before us. And I thank God. I've had saints in my life like Pastor Doug Ruthford, one of the founders of this church. Pastor Pat. My, my dad, my mom, I have other saints. Pastor, how many, Rick, Chris Ludwig. People who have ran, and I've seen them run, and they've been an encouragement to me, many in this place. But we all need to learn from those who have gone before us. And here, this is 
Chapter 12 is coming on the heels of chapter 11, which is the hall of faith. And, and, and the, the, the writer of the epistle has been laying out the testimony of those in the Old Testament who ran by faith. And the Bible says of them that they had gained approval by faith. And we look at, I just want to look at a few of them. There were 17 total, but I want to look at a few of them. One is Abel. And we learn his race was cut short. How many know that? But it was finished with the testimony of righteousness, the Bible says, that still speaks to us. And we learn from his race this. We learn that this race requires sacrifice and for us to give God our best. Then we look at Enoch. Oh, I love the story of Enoch because his race was a walk that pleased God. The Bible says his walk was pleasing to God and he reached his heavenly finish line early. God was like just so pleased with him. He was like, I need you to come up. And he was taken away, right? Enoch pleased God. So we learn we need to run in a manner which is pleasing to God. And then it talks about Abraham. And his race took him on a course to a place he did not know. And his ultimate destination was God's city. How many know when God calls you and he sets a course before you, he doesn't give you the entire course plan. He does not give you the Google Maps. He doesn't give you all the details because you've got to rely on him and be dependent on him as you're you're running in his path for your life. But we learn we must be willing to start this race not fully knowing where it may take us and trusting God in it. Come on. For the directions. So you need God's positioning system. You need him to guide you by his Holy Spirit. But we learn this race from Abraham. We also learn that this race is about the life to come. You see, he was... was not just living for himself, but future generations, many seed that would come forth. And if he didn't run his race right, there was a whole destiny and purpose that would be lost. Are you with me? So your race is not just about you. There are other people who are depending on you running your race well, whose lives and destinies are going to be impacted by the course of God in your life. We learn that the purpose in this race involves future generations. If we don't run, they won't either. Then we look at Moses. You see, Moses, his race involved him leaving the comfort of the palace and the treasures of Egypt. The Bible says that he endured the ill treatment with the people of God. He preferred that. Come on. He left that luxurious life and led them, and then God used him to lead them through the wilderness, of course. But we learn that his, this race requires self-denial. Self-denial. This race involves some hardship and trials. But we can do it for the joy. Somebody say, for the joy. We learn that this race may involve some hot pursuit by the enemy. <laughs> Come on, he's on your tail. He's after you to stop you and to discourage you and to get you off the path that God has for you. But ultimately, we learn that even those, 
Here is the exhortation here in Hebrews. Even those who had gone before us, verse 39 and 40 of chapter 11 says, and all these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us. That's good news. Something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Wow. There's a lot on the line in this race for your, God's purpose in your life. So, one, learn from those who have gone before you. But number two, it says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance. Well, that's a word that just means a, a weight, a weight or something that doesn't belong. How many know if you're going to run a race, you need the lightest clothing possible. You need the lightest shoes. You need to be light on your feet so that you can finish this thing. You don't want weight that doesn't belong. You won't finish well with weight. He says, lay, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. You see, if you're going to run a race, you've got to go to the doctor beforehand and see if you're fit for this thing, right? Because you don't want to... You don't want to injure yourself. You don't want to do it in a way that's going to injure, injure yourself. You want to be able to endure this, this long race. But here's the deal. If we're going to run 13 or 26 miles or whatever it may be, you can't just go from couch potato to race. You can't just get off your couch and you've been Netflix binging and now you're going to go run this race. Come on. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a there's a period of preparation and, and build up to this thing. But spiritual couch potato, all right? You don't have to say amen. That's when we haven't had a balanced spiritual life, right? We've, we've been weighed down by stuff. There's spirit, there is a spiritual weight loss program that I highly recommend. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Come on, I will give you rest. We get to, he says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. It's a, good, it's a good program. I highly recommend. Five stars. What are some of the things that weigh us down? The pain, the guilt, and shame from our past. Maybe you're dealing with some unforgiveness or bitterness. Great physician invites you, come to me. The cares and the worries of this life. Oh, come on, church. This is probably our big one. The cares and the worries of this life. And that's where he invites us. Just cast them on him. He says, actually lay them down. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for today is its own troubles. When you worry and live in tomorrow, you're wasting today. Aren't you? Because in today, in the course that God set for your life, there's opportunity and great things before you, but you're worried about tomorrow and you miss it. You miss it. He says, lay it down. Those are encumbrances. Those are weights that will keep you from accomplishing the purpose of God. All right, lost my notes. Hold on. And... <clears throat> So we learn 
We lighten the load. We lay down those things. Then he, one of them is deceitfulness of riches. I, 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 was reading, uh, I was reading Charles Finney. Man, his list was way longer. We'd be here till this afternoon. But the whole, I trust the Holy Spirit will, will give, you, give you insights on what the weights are in your life that are weighing you down, right? Sometimes it's just busyness of life. Sometimes we've taken on more than we should. And that busyness keeps us from being about God's business. Got quiet. All right, we'll keep going. But he says the deceitfulness of riches will be a weight to you because you can't be in two races at once. Are you going to be in the rat race of this world or the kingdom race of the world to come? Lay it aside. But then he says we need to lay aside the sin, the sin, that so easily entangles us. And, may, you know, there are besetting sins. There are things that, Pastor, Pastor Sam was speaking on this as he was exhorting before the offering. There are sins that just keep us from moving forward. But he says, there's, here he's saying the sin. Well, what would that the sin be? If we look at the context of this passage, because remember, if you take text out of context, all you have is a con. The context says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, does it not? So what is the sin that keeps us from moving forward? Eyes off Jesus. Come on, Peter's getting out of the boat. He's walking on the water. He's in a place of faith and victory. And then he looks away from Jesus to the waters and he sinks. And even the temptation for the Hebrews here who were being persecuted, who were losing their inheritances, who were being cast out, they were, they were, they were facing a tremendous price to become believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And their temptation was to go get their eyes off Jesus and go back to Moses, the law, so they could be more comfortable. So our temptation can be to get our eyes off Jesus and get on something else. That's not him. That's a sin that entangles us. Temptation to give up. Temptation to quit following him. And that's where the enemy is going to try to wear you down. So don't give up. Turn to somebody and say, don't give up. Keep running. That sin no longer needs to beset you. Sometimes the enemy's just got you in chains. You can't run when you got chains on. And that's where, the, that's where the Lord comes and he sets the captive free. He sets us free so we can run freely in his purpose and plan. I am free to run. Come on. Christy didn't know we were preaching on this, so she just chose that song. It's just good. The Holy Spirit knows it. All right, and you guys are going to love this one. Three, commit yourself to training. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew you'd get excited. Yes. You get on a strict regimen, daily stretching, exercise, and proper diet are required to run this race. And uh, your whole life, 
begins to change. I remember I started this plan in the middle of winter in Washington. Mm. And I can remember getting up at like five in the morning and it's, it's the long run day. I'm like, no, it's raining, it's 40 degrees, come on, it's dark. How committed are you to this plan? But how many know you get up some days and it's dark and it's, everything's against you? This, the, the Christian life, I know sometimes we just want, to, we want all the sugar messages, but, but the Christian life involves discipline, disciple, discipline. You see the relationship there. There's spiritual disciplines that, that get us to be able to run and endure. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you endure to the end because the Bible says those who endure to the end shall be saved. There's an endurance that he wants to get in us, and there's a stretching, because if you don't stretch, your muscles cramp and you get, you get problems. But there's a stretching in faith in our life daily that needs to take place. I'm, what am I reaching for, stretching for in my faith? What, what am I believing God for in this run? And then there's exercise. Oh, we love that one. 1 Timothy 4, 7, I want to look at the Amplified, it says, but have nothing to do with irreverent folklore and silly myths. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. As I said, the word disciple is part of the word discipline, and there is no doubt that dis discipline is part of being a disciple. Just as an athlete trains their body to endure, we need to apply the same level of diligence to our spiritual preparation and training in the Word of God. I'm telling you, sometimes we can't move forward because we're just tired and worn down, and it takes the Word of God. It takes that discipline of being in His presence. Come on, you need to be in His presence daily. You need to be hearing from Him daily. You need His Word to be rhema life to you daily. That direction of the Holy Spirit, that, that filling of the Holy Spirit to keep you going daily. And see, we get out of that routine, and then all of a sudden we are not ready to run when things get tough on those dark, rainy days. Come on. But then there's the sensible diet. Sensible. Hebrews 5.14, you'll get it in a second. Wait for it. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Senses trained, right? What's that involved? You're learning how to discern the Lord. You're learning how to discern good and evil. And how important is that in the day we live in? God is trying to bring us to a place of maturity, of growing in him, so that we get off the milk of the word, which is for babes, but we get into the meat of the word. There's so much more that God wants to give you, but how, you know, we just got a dog and a puppy and we know this, they told us, hey, you can't change his food, but gradually and when he's ready for it. Right. I'm not comparing us to dogs, right? <laughs> but dietary changes, right? Going from milk to meat. The practice of running by faith requires that we start relying on the spiritual senses, the unseen. 
learning how to discern good and evil so that you don't get off course. Amen? You need to know. You need to be prepared for what's coming. These days are evil, but we need to find the Lord in the midst of everything. Discern what he's doing. I mean, the devil's up to all sorts of stuff, but you know, mature Christians find out what Jesus is doing. The enemy wants to get your eyes off of what Jesus is doing and what he's doing. All right. I just read about uh, Smith Wigglesworth, right? This guy of great miracles, right? Just amazing life. Incredible what God did through this man of God. But man, he had some real discipline, right? There's a story of somebody showing up at his house and they had a newspaper in their, under their arm. And he says, what is that? He says, it's a newspaper. He goes, that's not coming to my house. There's only one book in this house. I mean, that's a life, right? Like, I mean, how would we do that today? I mean, the devices, the constant flow of information towards us. But he, he could live in that kind of faith because he cut off the sources of unbelief. The sources of unbelief. Because they get you off course. Number four, fix your eyes on the finisher. Now, when I had finally got to the day of this race, and I was ready to go, and there's, I, see, the problem is there's this competitive thing in me. And my friend, my friend who I've been training with, he's warning me, hey, Jonathan, you just got to keep your pace. You got to keep your pace. You got to keep your pace. Don't worry about everybody else around you. Of course, I didn't listen. And we started running. And I was inspired by two particular people. There was this man who was probably twice my age who was flying. And I'm like, I, I can't lose to him. I cannot lose to him, no way. That's not, that's not right. Then uh, behind him was this young girl in high school who was like four foot something. And she's flying. And I'm like, man, she's got two strides for every one of mine. I can't lose to her either. And I'm pushing and I'm pushing my, my friends way back. And I'm like, wow. You know, I didn't know how fast I was going, but they were flying. And I was like, I just can't lose to them. Now, there's a truth to this because you can, you can be, we need community to run. We get inspired by other Christians to run fast. You know, come on. So that's important. But then you can also get your eyes off your race. Right? Like, look at their course, and God's going, to know, I've set a course for you. Look at how they're running. Right? But we need to keep our eyes on the finisher. Fix your eyes on him. We can get to a place where we're comparing ourselves one to another and we miss it and our eyes are on people versus him. Eyes on, we, and, and we, you know, we just, we have this tendency, it's just the, it's just the flesh that we just want to live on the level that the people around us are living. 
And Jesus, I believe he tells us, hey, quit comparing yourselves one to another. Because then you'll be limited by the status quo. You'll be limited. If you get your eyes on him, the actual, the perfect finisher, then you'll reach your full potential that God has for you. This endurance word means hupomone, which means patiently, steadfastly, the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose. This is the Strong's. Not swerved from his deliberate purpose. Do you have deliberate purpose this morning? And his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Woo! His loyalty to faith and piety even in spite of the greatest trials and sufferings. Things come at us in life and they can make us want to give up, cause us to swerve off our path. But that endurance is what God wants us to have to make it. And we're running this race. And understand the faith that you're running this race with, it's his faith. You're going to get this. Because Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I no longer live on my own, but by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith, the faith of the Son of God in the King James Version. I like that. Because our faith comes with his faith, and then he gives us, oh man, the, the power to believe for greater things. He is the author and finishes. And he came and you know, we look at all those in the hall of faith in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and you could go through each one and you could pinpoint their failures and weaknesses of each one, but they're still commended because they had faith because 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's to believe him, at, take him at his word and then act upon it. But here comes the one who lived it out perfectly. The finisher. He is the author and perfecter. He came and he said, they had good faith, but I'm going to show you perfect faith. This is how you run. All right. Fixing our eyes on him keeps us on course. Almost done, church. If It's been said, if you want to be distressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, look back. If you want to be distracted, look around. If you want to be dismayed, look ahead. If you want to be delivered, look up. Look up. We were at that conference. That was the word of the Lord. Look up. Look unto me. Fix your eyes on me, Jesus. Get your eyes on all the, off all this other stuff that's happening, this chaos, this trouble in the world because it's got you dismayed. Get your eyes off your own internal problems and look to me. Get your eyes off your failures and mistakes and look to me. For the joy set before him. You see, his joy was in accomplishing the work of the Father sent him to do. You see, Jesus said this. He said, my food is to do the will of, 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 of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. That was his food. That's a good diet. 
In Psalm 48, speaking of him, I delight to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. You see, there's a, a delight, there's a joy in his will, even if where he's taking you is hard. I was talking to Pastor John Sika when he was talking about trials. He said, when, when things come that are not of your doing, come on, there's a difference between the trials that happen because of life, there's trials that happen because we just do stuff we shouldn't. I had plenty of those, right? But there's the trials that come in life. He goes, that just means God's getting ready to promote you. That's a different perspective. God's getting ready to promote you. I was like, I need to start getting a different perspective on these things and start rejoicing. Like James says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials because God's doing something. And even as you go through this thing, he's building endurance. Whew, stay with it. Don't give up. His joy was in rescue. It was the, look. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross was not the joy. It was the result of the cross. It was the redemption that was brought forth through what Jesus did. He could suffer because he saw the Father's purpose beyond the cross. He saw the empty cross. He saw the empty tomb. He saw glory. He saw that you and me beyond that cross. See, he could do it because I'm going to make a way for forgiveness of sin. I'm going to make a way for salvation through my shed blood. I'm going to make a way for healing through those stripes that I bear on my back. I'm going to make a way for mental health because the chastisement will be upon me for their peace. I'm going to make a way for deliverance because I'm going to overcome death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to make a way for hope. See, he, that joy was set before him. And see, when you get hold of God's purpose that's so much bigger than you, all the lives that are in the balance because of your course, all that's at stake, all the reward that is before us, when you get hold of that, you can go through it in faith. And no matter what we're going through, come on. You know people like watching these shows, these reality TV shows. Why do they like this? Many times because they find people who are worse off than them. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? They get... They watch and they go, at least I'm not that. I mean, they got, they got problems. But when you're going through, you look at Jesus and you go, look what he suffered. See, so he says, for consider him who endured hostility by sinners so that you don't lose heart and grow weary. For consider him. See, Paul got hold of this because he said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, but he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings. So in the middle of that going through, I can get to know Jesus more. People who have gone through some things and through with the Lord have, have a deep intimacy with him many times when they keep their eyes on him. 
You see, because the trial can make you bitter or the trial can make you better. Depends on where your trust is in the trial. Praise God. The race is set before us. I'm going to finish with this. How you run matters. Paul writes it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way, somebody say in such a way, that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. How you run the race to matters. I'm going to finish with this. You need to run to win. And this is the mindset of a champion. Come on. You need to identify with this. Because Romans 8.37 says, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. He always leads us in victory through Christ Jesus. Always. I mean, you, we've got to know that when we're facing things. He always leads it, us in victory. And then he says, running without, not without aim. You see, you can run aimlessly is what's implied here. We can run aimlessly. But he says, I run without, in verse 26, goes on to say, therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. We don't run this race with uncertainty, but with the confidence and with aim on the purpose of God. Our mark, our aim is Christ himself. He's the aim. Then he says, one more verse, verse 27, but I discipline myself, my body, and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He refused to let his body, his flesh, because this race, the, the, the endurance is through the battle with the flesh, the world, and the devil. But he said, I'm not going to let my body rule over me. That was the flesh, you see? And when you get hold of this truth, you make your body the slave. Come on. Instead of being a slave to the lusts of the flesh. Did you follow that? Because when you're a slave to the lusts of the flesh, then you can't run. You can't run. You end up the spiritual... Spiritual couch potato, no thank you. But even as somebody who's an elite athlete has to train to get ready for these things, there is a training and a preparation that God wants to take us through. And trust me, it's good, it's wonderful. Discipline for godliness sake, right? The Bible says that bodily exercise profits little, but spiritual. Godly exercise, godliness, is very profitable. So why wouldn't we endeavor to make that our aim? Why wouldn't we endeavor to embrace that? Will you stand with me this morning at close?
I feel like there's some people here this morning, and even, even the Holy Spirit's been confirming it through words that were coming for earlier, that one of two things, one, you just need to get in the race. You really need to surrender your life to Jesus and, it's t- and, and his course for your life. See, you can actually be a Christian for a long time and not be a, really on the course he has. Because what we often do, I think Sam said it, I or Pastor Judy, I don't know, Pastor Sam, one of them. What we often do is we ask, oh no, it's Bob, Shane. Yeah, no, Jesus, come along on my journey. Right? We say, Jesus, would you bless this course that I've determined for my life? Are you following me? Then he says, no, it says, I've set a course for you. I've set a course for you. And there's a decision point at which you say, I'm not, I'm not going to go my own way anymore. There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is death. There is a way that seems right to man, but it, its end is death. But the life is when we get on the course that God has. For, and there's a crown of glory, and there's a reward that's at the end of this course that God has in store for you. There are, but... So maybe you need to get on the course. Number two, though, is this, that there might be somebody here this morning who's got things they need to lay down. Weights that have kept you from moving forward. Weights that have kept you. Encumbrances in your life. What is it? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? What is he putting his finger on? Because that's what he does. Because he loves us. He wants you to be able to be free to run. Free to run. Free to follow his path and course for your life. So what is, what is that encumbrance? Maybe it's bitterness or unforgiveness, these things I shared. But whatever it is, it's time to lay it down. But that's your part. Remember, he can't lay it down for you. That's your part where you say, I'm going to lay this thing down that's been slowing me down. And that's what this altar for is this morning. I need to lay this down. No more. If you've been beset by sin, and you said, Pastor, I've got my eyes off Jesus, and I know because I'm living in distress, I'm living in despair, I'm living in a place of defeat. This morning, God wants to get your eyes back on him. That's your, that's your, that's your call this morning. Just set your eyes on him. The author, the, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Can we lift our hands to him this morning, Jesus? Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we glorify your name in this place. Thank you for your word, Holy Spirit. Just come and breathe. Breathe upon each, each and every person here this morning. We thank you for the encouragement. That's the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, Lord. You come alongside us. You are the paraclete. The, you come alongside us, the comforter, the strengthener, Lord. There, Lord, there's many here. Maybe there's some here this morning who've been discouraged. But God, I thank you this morning by your spirit, Lord. You are strengthening your people to begin to run, run afresh, Lord, this morning. Lord, your invitation to come unto you, those who labor and are heavy laden, there's things that have weighed us down, Jesus. Lord, we want to cast them on you, cast our cares on you this morning. And run freely. Jesus. 